This is season six of the Team Roping Journals podcast, The Score. With over two million downloads, this is where Team Ropers talk. Today's episode of The Score is brought to you by Fastback Ropes. Fastback jumped on board a few years ago to make sure we were able to support the rope horse fraternity industry and its growth. Fastback has some great endorsees who are very heavily involved in the fraternity industry. In Rock Springs, we watched uh, Brock Hansen and Dakota Kirkenschlager just help so many horses. I cannot imagine how tired those two must have been after the dozens and dozens and dozens of runs that they made, probably hundreds really over those two days, uh, making runs on help horses, on horses they were showing, and they did that with their fastback ropes. Those ropes lasted the entirety of the show. Uh, They were sharp. Those guys did well in short rounds. Those ropes were great from start to finish of all the days of the team roping there in Rock Springs. So we'll tell you more about the ropes that Dakota and Brock used in Rock Springs at the commercial break. Hey everyone, it's Chelsea Schaefer. Welcome back to our second episode from the Royal Crown Rope Horse Maturity in Rock Springs, Wyoming. This is the episode with all of the open healing champs. So that means that Andy Holcomb, who was the champ of the all ages healing on Fine Vintage Cash by One Fine Vintage out of Miss Kitty Cash by New Cash. Gosh, sometimes Sam Pedigrees can just really easily roll off your tongue because there was a lot of cash in that one. Um, Andy Holcomb is quite often on one of our Futurity wrap-up episodes, so you'll get to hear a little bit more about Andy and Fine Vintage Cash, who's also been featured on this podcast before. Uh, Fine Vintage Cash has won quite a bit, so we were happy to talk to Andy about that horse again. The next person you will hear from is another very common guest on the score when we are at a rope horse maturity and that is trevor brazil and he's going to talk about pride and joy and that is a four-year-old stallion that he owns in partnership with miles baker and solo select so it's a relentless remuda solo select partner horse it's a stud by stevie ray vaughn out of a very winning mare named fun and fancy free by pepto boone's mall So Trevor's going to talk about that stud. He's going to talk a little bit more about the program and how that stud fits into the big picture that they have going on with their other stallion, the dark side that's syndicated and and quite has gotten quite a lot of acclaim. So you'll hear from Trevor. And then lastly, you will hear from Jeremy Bueller. Now, Jeremy's interview is going to sound a little bit different, and it's actually a little bit longer than everybody else's because Jeremy... Uh, That futurity ended quite late one evening and they had had a very, very long day and we were trying to get out of there. So I didn't talk to him very long at the event. So I called and caught up with him and had a really good talk about his two futurity horses because he won first and second uh, in the six and under, which was a very tough division, had a lot of money added. So the horse that he won on was named Heavenly Cat and the horse he won second on was named Hot Smoke Pack. Both horses meant a lot to Jeremy. He's got a kind of a different program going than than some of the guys that are training for a lot of the public. He's riding a lot of his own horses and doing some pretty cool things uh, between rodeoing. Obviously, he's in the top five in the world. Uh, him and Ren, who you heard from last week, they kicked butt. They just ducked off the rodeo trail, came in for the day to Rock Springs, and they had a clean sweep of everything they entered. So it was exciting to watch those two come in and kind of show off. So this is the episode from the Healing Divisions of the Royal Crown. So thank you for listening. We are going to start with Andy Holcomb, and hope you enjoy. Robertson Ranch's horse, correct? Yes. 
give us for anybody who hasn't listened to this podcast every other time we've talked about you winning on her give us her background uh, so Mary Roberts uh, raised her, bred her, raised her, uh, sent her to Tina and Tucker Robinson. They showed her in Snapplebit maturity. We bought her as a four-year-old and uh, has had her ever since, just showing her at these in the healing. And uh, she just figured out her path. You want to be a heel horse and not a cow horse. Um, and why are you still showing her in the all ages? Do you bring her to help and then she, it's just a bonus to, to kick butt at the all ages? or? Um. Well, she's kind of just been my jackpot horse lately, but since I can bring her for the all ages, bring her for the all ages, and then I also have uh, a guy uh, show her in the uh, intermediate as well. Daniel Rice has been showing her in the intermediates too. So, um, and I think just trying to get money earned on her, and and she does good with the so keep going with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does she have babies coming yet? Not yet. We keep talking about breeding her, getting embryos, and. Uh, and we just haven't done it yet. Every year we say we're going to do it, and then we have we don't do it. So uh, we need to get on the ball a little bit better. You ride a lot of outside horses, and you ride a lot. Uh, yeah, tell me, why haven't you got on the breeding thing yet? Do you have any babies there, or no? We actually bred our first mare this year. Uh, last year, I guess, and she had a full this year. And uh, it was... It was kind of a funny deal. The only reason we bred it was because it was my wife's head horse, and it got hurt. It was my heel horse, then it was my wife's head horse. It got hurt, had to have a year off, so we bred it to Zach 34, and so we got it. That's our first and only baby on the ground right now. You went big. You went big first. We did. Yeah. We did, yeah. Yeah. What did you have? What kind of baby? Was it a colt? Yeah. Is it fancy or what are you? I don't know. He looks pretty fancy to me. I don't know. He's kind of chestnut, just kind of chestnut cold, real dark, I guess. Sorrow. And uh, I don't know. He's like I said, it's the first one we've had, and I don't know. He's been a lot of fun, but also a lot of <laughs> pain in the butt too. But um, some of the other guys I've talked to today said, "Man, it's just so hard to keep up because it's getting it's getting so tough and so good." Um, at the maturities, what have you done to keep advancing your abilities as far as the way the industry has progressed and how tough things are? Have you stayed the course with everything you did five, ten years ago training horses, or have you changed anything about your game? No, I think, you know, I think I've, I do a lot of the same um, training. Um, there's definitely some things that I've kind of incorporated, new things. Um, but I think the main thing I've worked on is just a lot of roping. And getting help from different people and and trying to improve my roping and and I think when you there's a lot of guys that you talk to that they talk about improving your roping but a lot of the stuff that helps improve your roping improves your horsemanship and how you ride and and how you and maybe not train the horse as a two and three year old but how you rope on them as a finished horse and, and then I think so that I think comes out you know in in a finished product and and helps kind of stay up to date because it's pretty tough out here yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so you've come wyoming's like halfway to not halfway to fort worth but like you're not going as far as fort worth yet and you've not been are you gonna go to fort worth and then guthrie as well or are you just for the platinum medal and then for the riata buckle too or what's the rest of your maturity schedule like this year uh, so I'm going to, I'm not going to go to the platinum medal. We, I got a, a really good friend's wedding that we got to go to. And uh, so we're going to miss that one. 
Uh, but we're going to the Fort Worth and the Riata buckle and then the gold buckle in December as well. So yeah, plenty, plenty of trips back east for us still. So are you going to go back and forth between Fort Worth and the Riata buckle or that's a lot of driving? Yeah, I think that one we usually probably, I'm guessing half the horses I take to Fort Worth aren't going to be eligible for Riata buckle. And so those will come home and hopefully I'll find a place for the other ones to stay there. Is that my plan right now? Um, we're kind of probably planning a little bit when we get closer to it, but uh, that's the plan right now. What are your customers most excited for with all of the changes in the charity industry? Like, what do you see their enthusiasm going towards? Like, one association or the other, or are they liking... Are they just excited to have World Series horses in the future? Where's the enthusiasm coming from your customers? I think I think it's all of it, you know? And I have quite a few customers that they want... Uh, they sent the horses to me to train for them as a horse in the end. Um, and so... And so the the futurity is just kind of a good way to get them, you know, exposed and maybe win some money on them and and get them out there and broke and seasoned and and just make them really good for them in the end. And they can come to meet in the intermediate. The intermediate and the non-pro classes are so good that uh, that they can come compete on them too when the horse is ready for them to rope on them. And and so I think that helps um, my clients a lot. Um, so really, I think the Royal Crown's, you know, great for them just because the intermediate class is going on right now, um, and and even the open and stuff, having the, having the semi-pro side pot and in stuff, I think all that stuff kind of helps. Um, but Jay's Fruits have the same deal with the intermediate and the limited if they're going to show in them too, um, and the non-pro. Um, so I haven't really, and the Riata Buckle's so new that we haven't like. We got quite a few horses in it, um, but I haven't figured out how the owners are going to stay involved in it yet, you know. Um, we went last year and and had a little bit of luck, but we kind of just mounted out last year. I didn't have a ton of my own horses there, so this will be the first horse year that I have a, more of my own horses there, Riata Buckle, and, and some owners there that will rope on them in the lower numbers, and so we're kind of just going to just see how it goes this year and then... And that, and because that might be a good deal for them too, a real good deal for them. Thank you to Andy for taking some time and sitting down with us. Next, we sit down with Trevor Brazil, and he is going to talk about Pride and Joy, the stud by Stevie Ray Vaughan that he won the four and under healing with at the Royal Crown in Rock Springs. In the cow horse, mm-hmm. you know, and then go on to do something else. Very few times I've seen that uh, so it's been fun to ride one that was successful in the cow horse and get to ride them to another discipline <laughs> he's he's made so easy you know because a lot of times when we deal with horses out of another discipline it's because they didn't make it yeah. but when he was successful in the cow horse and I mean he could have stood on his own merits as a stallion uh winning 52,000 you know that year in the in the cow horse but to uh get to ride a horse like that and make them there's a huge difference in horses that make and horses that don't make in those in those other disciplines why did he just why did he decide or why did you all decide to transition him to the roping then like why why not keep going in the cow horse why why try this out I'm just, you don't want to show in the cow horse and you liked him? Yeah, I'm just one I'm just one of the partners. But I mean like as far as the cow horse 
was concerned <clears throat> with his breeding not being able to get anything too Stevie and uh, his success and popularity right now this was a son out of him that had done great that actually looked I mean he's it's hard to pick this horse apart he was a great you know stallion opportunity and it was a little bit of a choice to go ahead and you know see what we do with him in the roping or just stand him you know as a cow horse stud too i think the potential for both in the growth of this industry was probably what put us over the edge because i mean yes he would have had you know a respective book of mares and in that field but uh <clears throat> with all the opportunity in the rope horse deal now we don't head on him but we have crossed him on you know the right kind of mares to where he will be pr producing head horses also what did you know about the mare ty smith raised pride and joy what did you know about the mom uh brad lund showed fun and fancy free in the uh, uh cow horse uh that was a big pretty babe pepto mare uh ever i mean it's one of those that you know time Mel saw a lot of horses <clears throat> and that was one they always said they should have kept you know and so this is a prime example of, of that because if she could produce stuff like this uh she is a keeper what do you think what did he do so well yesterday i i don't necessarily give me was there a steer where you were just like yeah or was it all of the steers well it's a four-year-old class but he is he's behind our other four-year-olds actually he's just really talented and there's a lot of runs this was a this was a tough setup in a lot of ways there's just part of the field that would typically be reruns in a lot of places just come with the territory up here and they just have to figure out a way to kind of get through it and hopefully they you know judge on the degree of difficulty but there there's a lot of hard situations to put four-year-olds in and i thought he handled them all really good the last year miles got a neck did you make an intentional decision to kick over one more or? well <clears throat> i gave myself a touch more room in the corner just so i could see what the steer was doing because we had a little cushion and i didn't want to set myself up for one shot and the steer not play into it because a lot of them have been coming under uh that's the hard that's what was so hard about showing yesterday with the steers being so fresh you couldn't get in a typical jackpot position because there's so many things that could have happened on those fresh steers they could set back into you they could come under you know and some would come around and you know hit good so it was uh you were riding more defense for the situation more than the horse but it was uh just wasn't your typical maturity setup tell me about you said we've got like probably definitely under five months of healing training on this horse what has it looked like what what have you done what has miles done and lots of slow steers lots of breakawaying like what's his program been miles has done a great job on that horse but he'll probably be the first to tell you he's been a pleasure to do it too you know it we haven't had very many we haven't had any that made like this horse made you know it was just so natural and granted <clears throat> it is so much nicer to train a heel horse or a head horse mm -hmm. you know at a time on these young 
young horses because when you go to doing a lot on them early it it tends to get a touch a touch confusing for them at times but uh as far as heel horses go this pride and joy horse has made so fast and you guys hardly have any five-year-olds right going into at this point of the year but it feels like the dark side's obviously going to be around and pride and joy's probably going to stick around um what are your plans for those two studs going forward i'm sure there's different plans for both of those studs and you've got partners that have to help make plans but what do you want to see happen what's your best case scenario i just think stay the course Uh, i think they're going to win good both of them you know have their strong suits they're so similar i get people get them confused all the time but they're also so different uh in their attributes it was a funny story uh is when we syndicated the dark side it was almost a syndication of both horses but we just didn't have enough knowledge about pride and joy as we did dark side to you know step out there on the limb and tell them exactly what we had because we just hadn't had him long enough to stand behind him i mean hindsight it would have been a great story to go ahead and do that but also we just didn't have the information to give the you know the syndicate the confidence that we needed to that we knew what that horse was able to do because we'd had him in the program x amount and maybe this is a question for mel but did you breed similar mares to the dark side and pride and joy was there any difference in the mares you bred or should i ask ask mel this question well that's mel and ty they do run the breeding part of it and i we definitely lean on their expertise in that in that field but yeah we have crossed a lot of the same mares but and they're young stallions you know we don't we don't know which direction that their colts are going to go as far as some some smaller studs have produced over their head and you just see a horse like the dark side with the bone and foot that he has and just mind disposition and everything that come along with him and just know that you can probably run any kind of mare you want under him but uh, depending on what you what the end product you want but we call him kilo but pride and joy has a ton of potential on both ends too even though we haven't headed on him he's got the speed he's got He's just such a pretty mover. It's uh, I'm excited to see what, what he has in the future for sure. Very good. Well, if anything tells me, we'll be talking later today after the six-year-old, so not to jinx it, but good luck. I hope so. Thank you. <laughs> Last but certainly not least is Jeremy Bueller talking about his horse's heavenly cat, and Hot Smoke Pack, the two that he won first and second with at the Royal Crown Six and Under Healing Futurity in Rock Springs. That paid him $15,410 for winning the average and $3,200 and $1,600 in two rounds. Jeremy also won second on Hot Smoke Pack, and he's going to talk about that horse. Like I said, he won $13,400 for the average win there and $3,200 for winning a round. So, Jeremy has a lot to talk about with these horses. They've meant a lot to him and his fiance Katie. And we are very excited for you to get to hear from Mr. Bueller once more. Tell me about those two horses. Did you, the, the one that you won second on, you actually had like 
maybe more of a sentimental investment on that horse. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. We've, we've owned that one since he was a yearling. And the, a good friend of mine raised him. So it was, uh, yeah, there was a lot of sentimental value attached to that one. And he's your fiance's? Yep. Technically, yeah. Very good. Yep. Did you do? Did you put the first rides on him and, and all that, or did you send him away? Long story short, yes, I started him. <laughs> do you, have you started a lot of two-year-olds? Do you like climbing on one that hasn't had any rides on it yet? I honestly haven't done a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I've done a handful of them. Um, but, yeah, it's it's something I like. I'm passionate about it. I, I plan on doing a lot more of it. And so, okay, so tell me about the second horse then, the, the one that you won first with. That one wasn't, I mean, you were still very excited. I'm not saying he wasn't as sentimental, but the the other one you had more connection with. But tell me about the one that you won the fraternity with. Uh, that's a really good horse. Um, so he had been healed on, um, Brady Pitchford. So I bought the horse off Brady Pitchford and, uh, And Brady Pitchford is from where, where's Brady Pitchford from? He's from Utah. Utah. Okay. And yeah, like I said, like, I want to make sure I give credit where it's due. Like Mm -hmm. he, um, you know, he, he did a really good job with that horse and, and I'm sure had him going the right way. And I bought him in May, I believe this year. Okay. So I haven't, I haven't done a whole lot on like a whole lot of the work on him. I just got on him and roped basically. Today's episode is brought to you by Fastback Ropes. We're going to take a little break to tell you a little bit about the Cobalt Heel Rope. The Cobalt is a perfect combination of poly and dyed nylon, resulting in a highly durable rope. Like I said, it lasted Dakota the entirety of the healing in Rock Springs. The Cobalt is medium in diameter and weight and will likely appeal to ropers who prefer more tip weight and less body or bounce. It's got core construction. Like I said, it's durable. No bounce. Swings consistent in all weather, including hot, dry weather there in Rock Springs, Wyoming, in the desert. It was still a great rope. Check it out. You can order it at fastbackropes.com. The Venom Head Rope is another rope that we saw a lot of in Rock Springs. The Venom is an all-nylon with core construction. It's bright green. It's highly visible. It's got a small diameter. It's snappy. It's got great body. And it is available in head ropes and heel ropes at fastbackropes.com. Well, so who... Where were your horses? We knew. I know Renz were with Caden. You know, he was riding most of the Futurity horses. Who was riding all of yours? None. Just just me. Whenever, whenever I wasn't rodeoing or whatever. So, I mean, I know you guys went home for a week before the Royal Crown, or went to Renz for a week before the Royal Crown. But how often had you been getting home throughout the summer? Or home? When I say home, I mean Renz. But. Well, when we're when we're in Canada, it's good. Like I could ride them. Um, oh, okay. Like when we were rodeoing up there, I mm-hmm. could ride them all of May and all of June, and then it was kind of it was kind of spotty through through July. They weren't getting they weren't getting roped on. They were just getting exercised. Yeah. 
Yeah, I gotcha. And so, what are their strengths? Can you what? Which? How are they different? Because um, they're they're built pretty different. They looked they look pretty different in their runs. Just watching their runs that I was watching the videos back on. But tell me how they kind of compare and contrast. I think that um, the Pitchford horse that I wanted on, mm-hmm. he's extremely fast footed and feely and like he's he's a, a really good athlete he's a little he's a little smaller mm-hmm. than the other one where the other one's like i think he's a really good athlete um he's just a lot bigger in size so he, he moves different than the other one yeah he did he looked like heavier bodied just kind of his stop looked different everything just in the pictures and the videos because i was i've had to look at those a few times now so yeah, for sure. Like the other one, he's like the Pitchford horse. He's he's pretty stingy and feely. And mm-hmm. the other one, the other one, he's honestly just sort of a big, easy, easy horse. Now it was the last class of the whole event, and those were fresh steers. What did you have to do differently to kind of survive the gauntlet of of those cattle that had been roped all week, kind of running, you know? All kind, they were all kinds of different steers in that pen. Tell me what you had to do with your rope, with your horses, everything. I think the big thing, like, I got to give a lot of credit to, to Ren. He did a great job helping. Um, you know, just by having the right helper, you know exactly where that steer is going to be, whether they're fresh or not. He did a great job helping. And a deal like that, like... Those two horses, in my mind, like, they're not green. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't been rodeoed on. They haven't been to open jackpots yet. But I felt like like I could ride them like I was jackpotting. I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of smoke and mirrors where I had to, like, do this or try to sneak by this. Like, I felt like yeah. I could just throw rope on them, which between having a good helper and, and, you know, those two horses that I own being that way, and you know and then it's just it's the same old deal it's one steer at a time not getting too wrapped up paying attention to who's scoring what or what horse is doing this or that and just kind of keeping you know keeping it simple now some of the guys and I talk about especially a lot of the guys that are riding a bunch of outside horses how different it is when you're riding outside horses for clients versus you're just on your own horse that is a horse that you purchased for yourself and picked out kind of the pick of the litter. Does that, I mean, you've ridden some great outside horses. That stud you rode last year was awesome. Um, so I, I think you've been uh, fortunate in that regard. But is there a difference, do you think, in, in that? Yes and no. I don't, like anytime the the clients that I have or like the people that I've rode horses for, like, mm-hmm. I usually, I don't have people that I don't know just bringing me horses that I'm riding. Like, normally, I really do truly care about their horses because they're good friends of mine. And, like, you know, so I understand their, what's the right way to put that? Their goals or their, like, their... Yeah, like, like I get, 
I kind of get attached even to the outside horses, but like I said, I'm I'm usually riding horses for good friends, not just people that I don't know. Not just I like guess. money people that just send you something and say make it famous or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I actually care about it and I've been lucky like you know, with Rob and that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I had high call at Rock Springs last year and missed. Mm-hmm. And to me, to me, the relationship that we have, like she was, she felt bad for me because she knew how much I cared about getting that horse showed. It wasn't like, yeah. oh, well, I screwed my stud out of winning 10,000. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. I don't really have 20 outside horses. Normally I, sh- I show up and I kind of show a couple of them. And, yeah. And I actually care about them all. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Well, thanks, Jeremy. Congratulations. Oh, I'll talk to you after you win Ellensburg or something next week. That'd be all right. That sounds good. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. All right. We appreciate you all listening to this episode of The Score. Thanks for hanging with us, and we will be back again next week.